0: Welcome back to our game of grasping nettles. We have been uh, describing the uh, the life and times of a restaurant, cosplaying as a diner with uh, overbearing management, a genius slacker uh, employee in spotlight, some poor health and safety practices that lead, led to a dishwasher getting injured. And now we are moving forward to the next, like to the next school year, as there's going to be some staff changeover, and we're going to move into like the normal play of the game. Since I am the person who has read the book the most, I'm going to take the first turn, and we're going to figure out how this all works together. So we have three faction, pe- or we have three pieces, which are going to be, like we're going to pick a faction that they represent. So. I think I'm going to be moving this little red plate here and I'm going to say that the red plate is going to be, let's have red plate be day shift. Now I'm going to roll 1d6 and roll 20, which is a one. So I'm on this uh, generation spot. I cannot move diagonally, so I can't go to scene, but I can go to faction, character, or glimpse. I think I'm going to go up to character, and I'm going to introduce a new character. So create someone notable from the active faction. What do they do? Where do they hang out? Describe them to the table and write down their name, pronouns, and what they're known for. So this is going to be a new person in Day Shift. And this is going to be Sally Ray Moore. And Sally is a a drama kid, a theater kid. Uh, Sally wants to move to New York and get involved in Broadway and was actively recruited by management to be kind of a, a bright and welcoming face in the restaurant. I think Sally Ray is probably in her personal life a bit more like goth emo by look, but then cosplays as, you know, good old middle America, kind of more standard looking Yes, that should be front of house. So I will, I will change my mind because I want to inter- introduce Sally Ray. So let's do that. Uh, thank you. Valerie sent me a note in, in Zoom that was very correct. So we're going to do that. Front of house. I'm going to make a note that they are red. And that's the faction marker. Theater kid. Server. Okay. So that is Sally Ray. What else do I need to do for character? What, what they're known for, name, pronouns? Okay, yeah, that is Sally Ray. I moved one space. I kind of did the thing that is the space that we're on. And in this case, it was tied to a faction. We flip-flopped factions because I realized, uh, because Valerie realized that I was doing a character for a different faction than we were actually doing. So Valerie, are you good to pick a faction to go with one of these tokens and take a turn?
1: Yeah, okay, so I am going to, I'm going to take the white token, and I am going to assign it to, hmm, let's go with, I'll take Night Shift.
0: So we know. Actually,
1: uh, I should probably make it black, shouldn't I? Uh-huh. <laughs> for the night sure. shift. <laughs> okay, so yeah. We'll we'll make them the black token. Okay, ready, and now I'm going to roll 1d6. I've rolled a five. Okay,
0: okay. so you have to move so, exactly five spaces, but you get to yeah. pick your path.
1: So I can, for example, just make a loop and go one, two, three, four, five to glyphs. I could go... One, two, three, four, five to event. One, two, three, four, five. I could go to scene. Let's see what we've got. So, for the event, something big happens a festival, a holiday, anything that might reverberate through generations. The important thing that's different between this and the issue action is events don't create a problem that needs to be solved, but rather change the world in an interesting way. A scene. Select an existing note card and zoom in on something specific happening with it. Uh, refer to the setting, scenes, rules for full details. That sounds too much. I'm going to say, uh, <laughs> let me not do that one. Um, on like I thought, let's not go to Camelot. It's a silly place. Glimpse is going to be, uh, a glimpse is a brief picture of a place outside of your community somewhere else in the world. Glimpses add the context of the broader world to your story. To add a glimpse, give a name to the place and then say one sentence about it. Each other player adds one sentence of their own, and then the action is finished. That's interesting because everybody gets involved in that one. Yeah. So, huh. Let's go to Glimpse. I feel like this yeah. is an interesting thing to do.
0: All right. So I've moved the token over to Glimpse. Where, where else in the world do we, do we go?
1: We're going to go to another unit of the same restaurant. And what has happened in this unit is that... It is in a bustling metropolis where the cost of living has skyrocketed. Rental rates are way up and it's harder and harder for the staff at the restaurant to make ends meet. And so that restaurant has begun to organize, to form a union, uh, to get higher wages and better working conditions. And so let me see what a one-sentence summary of that would look like. Let me give a name to the place. The place is called, we'll call it Sun City. It's a nice generic name. Mm-hmm. And so uh Sun City is a big metropolis. A lot of people move there from this small town to go to school to make something of themselves, so to speak. It is, it is the, the nearest big city that people tend to migrate to.
0: Okay. And each other player adds one sentence of their own, and then the action is finished. Yuri, do you have an idea of something to add to the glimpse?
2: In the process of pushing for unionization, the employees do stage a walkout one Sunday in the middle of brunch rush.
0: Yeah. That would certainly make an impression. So I can add one line. In the spirit of like being accurate to to how things work, when you try to do labor action, management identifies a kind of ringleader and fires them for some like comp- not completely fabricated, but totally over over magn- uh, over uh, overstated failure or error that they've done.
1: The the place where I worked had a automatic fourth step if someone catches you cussing.
0: Mm, Yeah. Now, if this is a right to work state, they don't even need that, right? They just say you're gone. Um, And as long as that person can't like get a wrongful termination suit going, I think that that's just that. I'm not a lawyer. That's just my understanding of how things work. Okay. So that is our glimpse We've each added a section, and if you want to learn more, you can always set a scene about it later, but we have this kind of view of what's happening in another unit that's not too far away, probably close enough that the people in our unit may have heard about what has happened there, right?
1: Potentially people have gone from this unit to that unit because they moved to go to college or whatever.
0: Okay. Alright. Yori, are you do you feel good to uh to take a turn here?
1: Let's do the thing.
0: Alright, so which faction um do you want this white token to be associated with?
2: We have Don't we only got one left?
0: This is this will be the third. I think there's four factions total. Oh right. Because management is hmm. a faction, front of house, day shift, night shift. Hmm. So day shift and management. Let's go with
2: day shift.
0: Okay. So day shift will be the white token, which I think was like a loaf of bread.
2: I got a six. Oh, wow. Hmm. And I'm going to sc- circle around clockwise and land on event.
0: Okay. So that's like one, two, three, four, five, six will get us to event. Mm-hmm. For event... Something big happens. It could be a festival, a holiday, anything that may reverberate through generations. The important thing that's different between this and the issue action is events don't create a problem that needs to be solved, but rather change the world in an interesting way.
2: Oh, oh, this is going to be bad, and I'm sorry. The pastor of the megachurch down the road is caught embezzling. In protest, many of the families stop going to church for several weeks which has a direct effect on the Sunday brunch rush. We have some of the first quiet Sundays that this location has ever seen. Unit 77 is shaken. Profits are plummeting. Everyone's getting scheduled for less hours. There's food spoilage because management overordered, not knowing that this crisis was on the horizon. There is nothing we can do except wipe out this horrible catastrophe. Because none of it is something we can affect at all.
0: Right. Yeah, and you touched on the ongoing issue of the inconsistent inventory thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. that That is a hell of an event, Yori. <laughs> okay, then that comes back around to me, and I'm doing red token, which is front of house. I got a two. So I'm going to do go to scene and then project, and project is, if you land here and the active faction has no active projects under their note card, start one. So do we have any active projects? I don't know that we do, because bus your own tables was abandoned. So yeah, I think we're going to get a project for front of house. Think about one of the current issues or goals of the faction and note the method they're using to address the subject of their project. So front of house these are servers we have Sally Ray payroll is going down the you know brunch which used to be like the, that's the shift you want to get it's chaotic it's exhausting but it's where you're going to be able to get the most tips but now brunch is not reliable and i think that one uh that some people in day shift cuz we've talked about like day shift um kind of recruiting from Parts of the community that have a fair bit of status. There is a people in, in day shift basically start sharing information and trying to investigate whether this embezzlement stuff is real to get an answer. The nice thing about day shift is right. They talk to everybody and they can ask specific little questions and piece together a puzzle where only they are seeing the whole picture. So that's my project. Then it goes to you, Valerie.
1: Right. So let me roll my one six here. That's a one. Okay. So I can go to character or generation. I we made a new character already, so I might just let us go to generation, but let's see what happens when we land in generation. That faction piece can no longer be moved during this generation. Narrate how the active faction fades to a more background role for the time being. When all pieces land on this space, follow the generation changes steps. Now, I'm I'm not sure if I want to take them out of play yet, but uh, making another character for them may also be too much. Let me think this through. You know what? Yeah, we're going to make a night shift character. Sure. All right. Let's go to character. Okay. Okay. Our night shift character. What do they do? Where do they hang out? Describe them, write down their name pronouns and what they're known for. Our new night shift character is Ash. Ash was a football player. Ash was not quite a good enough football player to get a college scholarship. And so he has more or less given up on sports to his dismay. He'll still sometimes play with friends on the weekend if he's not working, but because he wasn't able to get a scholarship, his parents pretty much laid down the law and said he needs to get a job. And this was given his lack of academic prowess and um, his... Sort of, he'd been so devoted to sports this entire time that he, he doesn't have like a ton of skills, so to speak. But what he does have is a lot of muscles. And so the kinds of fights that occur during the night shift, you would think that they would decrease because you now have a line cook who can bench press anybody who walks in the door. No, no, that just upped the encounter challenge ratings. And now you have people who are deliberately essentially picking fights in an attempt to coax him out of the kitchen to come and get involved in these fights. It, It is a ridiculous form of challenge and he hates it. And so this is Ash, he, him pronouns. Former football player turned gladiator.
0: All right, so I've got Ash listed under the. I
1: love all these children. Under night
0: shift, yep. Okay, that is over to you, Iori.
2: That's going to be a two. So I am going. Wait, I can't bop counterclockwise, can I? No. Okay, so I'm going to move myself over to Glimpse.
0: Okay. So, again, Glimpse is a brief picture of a place outside our community.
2: Yes. Let's look into the high school that so many of these kids go to. Mm-hmm. So let's look at Walnut Hills High School. Surprisingly well-funded, given the property taxes around here, but with stark economic divides between honor students and Everybody else in a way that demonstrates that, oh, yeah, whether you're an honor student means very little about your actual inherent ability and an awful lot about whether your parents paid for like your Khan Academy subscription and your private math tutor. Mm -hmm. Valerie, do you have a sentence to add?
1: There are a couple of really bright, underprivileged kids who end up in the honors classes, but they are inevitably ostracized because of the fact that they don't have the same level of privilege that the other kids have.
2: poff you mean you've never been on a horse?
0: Mike? The student paper, or somebody in the student paper, is also trying to investigate the pastor. Yes. Uh, I love this. But they're doing it secretly. Right? Like the, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever faculty or administration oversight there is on the student paper, those adults don't know that the the kind of the teen gumshoes are, are looking into this.
2: I think the teen gumshoes are also being deliberately quiet about it, because at least half of them are atheists, and know that it's not going to look good for them to be the ones investigating these allegations.
0: So I feel like we're we're very close to an, a pitch for a new season of Nancy Drew. Which is very exciting. Okay, that brings us back around to me.
2: Nancy Drew in this case of the church corruption.
0: <laughs> yep. Okay, so I also got a two. Okay, so I'm going to go Project to Peace and Peace to Issue. Issue. Make a mess of the world. Something build that can be big that can be felt across the whole world as you know it. It could be a problem for the active faction, but everyone... um, It should be a problem for the active faction, but can be everyone else's problem as well. And red is front of house. So... Issue. So this could be about materials. Um, Might as well do a really big swing, right? Hell yeah. So... I think that the walkout in Sun City leads to a unionization wave in the chain, but not here. And so the people here are, see, are hearing about, or the people in our unit 77 are hearing about and seeing the news of, oh, this store in, in Detroit unionized, this store in um, Omaha unionized. And so there's like a national unionization wave which is making management incredibly nosy and surveilling everybody here in Unit 77.
2: Well, gosh, you know these kids demanding to be paid fairly for the hours that they actually work are just a bunch of no-good
1: troublemakers. Mm-hmm. There's, this, there's one particular like very high-strung theater kid that management keeps startling into dropping stuff. <laughs> They'll keep, they'll, they'll be talking to someone, turn to get a menu and go, and then just menus everywhere. Okay. All right. Let me do my roll. How does it two, wow, we're on a, we're on a two kick, apparently. So let's see. I can go to project, location, or faction. We're gonna have a new location. Yeah. Let's do this.
0: Alright. What's this location?
1: Okay. So, the new location is... It is the... There is now a new corner of the break room. And it is dedicated to first aid. (laughs) Because the situation has just grown so immensely untenable. But... People are wary of putting in workers' comp claims, especially when it's like it's a bruise, it's a scrape, it's a cut. Nothing was broken. But so, let's see. We'll call it. It's not even going to be like the the first aid corner. We're going to call it the we we'll call it the cleanup corner. And in the cleanup corner. They have put up uh, a somebody has donated a small folding table, basically, and that is now where the first aid kit lives. But also a sewing kit because people frequently have their clothes messed up in these right. altercations. An entire
2: and jar full of Tide pens.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so this is basically it's the cleanup corner. Did you get? Did someone throw a soda at you? Cleanup corner. Uh, did did somebody bruise your jaw? Cleanup corner. Did somebody tear your shirt while you were trying to get away from them in the middle of a brawl? Sew it back together. You know, you lost a button because somebody tried to rip it. You know, because everyone's of course wearing these button-down, the awful little polos, uh, and so you you lose a button. Cleanup corner. This is the new location. The cleanup corner. Okay. I get to move one. Where am I?
2: Hmm, hmm, hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, that gives me a choice between character and generation. Let's see. If I go to generation, I have to just kind of wait it out, don't I?
0: I would say you could probably then move one of the other pieces. Oh, ho. Because I wouldn't... I'd... I think it wouldn't be fun for you to not get to I was, participate. I was actually going to
1: ask can any of us just make yeah, any of Yeah, I
2: was wondering about that actually.
0: Yep. So I went and looked back. Oh. On your turn, roll the dice, choose one of the faction pieces and oh, move. Okay. Well, so oh, that's cool. I yeah. had been kind of spreading yeah. them out so that we could assign them, but I realized mm-hmm. um, as you bring it up that that we shouldn't have stuck with that. Mm-hmm. So you could because it's roll the die first, you can move any of these three one space.
2: Okay. Red is front of house, right? Yes. Hmm.
0: And the peace location will let you switch which faction goes with which token. So if oh, we wanted, interesting. If we wanted to get management into focus, um, the peace location would let us swap one of these three out for the management faction. Mm-hmm.
2: Interesting. Let's take Night Shift over to Project.
0: Okay. So what is Night Shift's so, Project?
2: This is not sanctioned by management, and management doesn't know about it yet. But the staff meal here has always traditionally sucked for night shift because day shift has taken most of it, and they're just stuck with leftovers. Cold, congealed gravy, biscuits gone stale, the burnt ends of the bacon— Overcooked toast. Sometimes we're pretty sure it got sent back. The last dregs of the egg carton. So night shift makes the collective decision that it's time to take matters into our own hands and begin preparing a separate staff meal.
0: Do you want to establish anything else about that, or is uh, do you feel good with? Uh, let's see. I'm just going to look at project. Sorry. Uh, with, uh, yep. I think a
2: bunch of the kids on a night shift are like bringing in their own hot sauces or starting to sneak extra unsanctioned ingredients into the kitchen so that actually when all is said and done, they're having the better meal.
0: Right. Yeah. At one
2: point, one of the dishwashers just brings in three bundles of green onions like, for less than $2, he has made everyone's omelets so much better that day. Right?
0: Yeah, because we're using like, industrial food product that's like, oh, this is not really eggs. That's not really something else.
2: But when you put a real vegetable in it, it suddenly becomes kind of okay.
1: Maybe there's like a secret signup up sheet where people will volunteer to bring specific things on specific The ships. shadow potluck. Yeah, it's the shadow potluck. Heck yes.
0: All right. I love this for them. Okay, so I am going to roll and then pick who to move. So I've got five. Okay, I'm going to move Night Shift over to Faction, and I'm going to introduce a new faction, which is... The 77 local. And this is a organizing committee trying to build up to a unionization vote in our unit here. Hell yes. We are at the point where there's too many things to fit <laughs> on the board here. So I apologize to anyone who is watching. We are reaching the end of my capacity to do this without completely breaking the overlay.
1: This would be so fun though, physically, Absolutely. like having, having literal note cards, just cluttering a table, yep. um, or make some kind of like murder, board. Yeah. murder right. board, strings everywhere.
0: Yeah. Cause what I would love is like the deluxe version of this game is like somebody makes a, like a cloth mat and then puts mm. the board on it. And then you have like, so it's bigger and you have, you move like pieces around on that and then you have a zillion note cards around it
1: yeah i know this can get very cool and complicated very quickly i think it is it is neat okay so this is
0: a faction and they're on the board okay that's me okay
1: i have rolled a three and that can give me white is day shift right yes or or no wait, was it front of house no.
0: Red I is test. front of house.
1: Okay. I am going to, since in the interest of playtesting stuff, let's have, a, let's have a front of house scene. Okay. So for the scene, you select an existing note card and zoom in on something specific happening with it. Setting scene says to set a scene, choose one of the note cards on the table that is not complete and declare it as your focus. The goal of a scene is to learn something new about the focus and add it to the card. The active player sets the scene by describing a situation involving the selected focus. They then declare the canvas they're playing in the scene. Canvas can be anything, a major character, group of minor characters, a place, antagonisms, the type of story the scene should tell, a mood. Each other player chooses their own canvas, and the scene begins. Play out the situation using shared role play and narration as though it were a scene in a movie or a play. All players share control over the narrative as they bring the influence of their chosen canvases to the story. Once something new is learned about the focus, draw the scene to a close, update all relevant note cards with the new information learned. So this is going to be a lot, but this way we have at least one like scene that we're right. playing out in, in the game. So looking at all the different cards what could be related to front of house so we can deal with the surveillance issue perhaps we can oh gosh that front of house thing was was rough the the er issue <laughs> okay. let's go with we're going to go with the surveillance let's let's have a scene about the unionization wave in the chain and how management is all in on surveillance. And so we are front of house. I am going to see what situation. I think the canvas is going to be management because they are going to be involved in this. And we haven't gotten a lot of play here. So a, let's, let's go back to what I said before. So a manager is going to startle. One of the front of house people thinks that she sees them doing something through the cameras, like has been watching the cameras, spying on them, thinks she sees something and goes to confront them and scares them so much that they actually hit customers with the flying menus.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Do you have a a sense of which kind of canvas you want to represent here, Valerie?
1: I am going. I'll represent the management. I'll be. I'll be. I'll be the bad guys.
0: Yuri, does a canvas stand out to you that you want to represent?
1: I think I'm
2: going to be the very frightened front of house child.
0: Let's see. We have a. I'm looking through the different things. So, I'm going to suggest that this happens during Sunday brunch, which is still not a rush, but. But does still inc- includes the people that are still the um, the congregation of the megachurch, and so like they are the audience for this. So do we want to pick up just as the like the menus are flying? What do you think, Valerie?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that. The menus have flown. They have hit some customers, and I, I'll start since I'm. I guess it's my turn on the management oh no oh I am so sorry about that here let us let's pick up these menus oh my god oh my god oh my god oh
2: my god oh my god I'm so sorry I'm so sorry oh my god okay. like this child is a moment away from a panic attack don't skickle me like that oh my gosh ma'am I am so
0: sorry are you okay oh gosh well bless your heart child I I think I'm just gonna um ma'am ma'am you're bleeding. Earl, Earl, can you hand me that tissue? Thank you. Uh, and so this is, oh, uh, no. you know, a kind of fifties or maybe early sixties uh, woman, and you know, Sunday best, leaning back, holding a tissue up to her, up to her nose. Um, and, just... But you know, the language she's using is, I'm a little up, I'm a little upset, but I'm trying to be cool. But the the bearing that she gives is, I would say, mortifying. Um, when she looks back over to the, the terrified server.
1: Ma'am, let let me just, let me get you to your table. Let's get you sit down. Oh my goodness. Clean up the menus, please. This poor child
2: is now on their hands and knees, scrambling for menus, like crawling between the legs of waiting patrons to, to pick up menus,
1: JD, crying. JD, get over here, JD. Where is that boy? Here, ma'am, let me just, here, right over here, look, we've got this table ready for you. I'll get you some fresh menus, and whatever you want, it is on the house today,
0: ma'am. Well, you know, Earl, uh, Pastor Dennis did say that, uh, you know, the uh, the path of the righteous is, uh, is filled with many trials. I just wasn't expecting that one of them was going to be at brunch.
1: I will we'll take your order right now. What can I get for you, sir, ma'am?
0: Um, And so I think this is a, like a a frequent customer. And so she orders her normal order and then a couple of extra things where she's basically getting like two people's worth of meal for one person. Um, So her kind of her, her husband, Earl, who is, is kind of just a yes, ma'am, whatever you say, ma'am type of, of husband for good or for ill. And they're basically both of them eating for free off of like one person's meal here um, and continues to like make somewhat passive aggressive references back to the uh, to the sermon. And I would uh, posit here that Pastor Dennis is in fact the one that's under investigation. So it's kind of bringing a few things (laughs) to light at once.
2: Uh, The child is now like sitting on the floor of the restaurant, hyperventilating, and another customer is making them breathe into a paper bag she had in her purse. Like, this child is fully having a panic attack, and the only ones doing anything about it are one customer. Unfortunately, that customer's children are filming
1: this for TikTok. Oh, they're just like, oh, oh, come on, let's go, honey. Come on, get up. Let's get you, we'll, we'll let you get yourself... Back together. Come on, let's go. Let's get you in the They're gonna back- the fire me. <laughs> you're, you're gonna be fine. Come on, let's go. Let's go. JD, can you come? Can you come to the front, please? Grabs a walkie-talkie. JD, JD is JD, refilling front, an old lady. He's sweetie, completely oblivious to all of this, giving excellent service. <laughs> okay, manager does not want to touch the staff member because that way lies lawsuit, but is continuing to attempt to talk her into moving to the back to the break room. Come on, let's go. All right. Uh, Who's next? Who's next? Can I get you ready for your table here? Let's see what we got. And manager is now desperately trying to see what tables are available. Where can I put somebody?
0: Hey, yo. Yeah. uh, I've got uh, seven.
1: Table for seven. Uh, Let me see if we've got a table available for seven. Have you been marking the tables that are taking? Because I don't see your marks here. There was was an update on the iPad this morning. They're a different color now. Green beans occupied now. Hey, okay. Well, it looks like we're probably going to have a table for seven ready in about ten minutes. Is that going to be all right? Can I have you wait out here?
0: uh yeah is uh is is ash working today
1: uh ash is not working right now ash will be in later
0: and then do we have a name for this like beleaguered server kid
1: yori you? Mm, you know? sarah sarah <laughs>
0: yeah um because i think, think
2: th- i default to t names way too often oh, let's funny. try to not <laughs>
0: Uh, cuz i think the the way to make this scene worse is for ash to know enough about sarah to like give her ha- a hard time um, and so now it's like coming at from from multiple angles um, mm-hmm. like in gym class or something sarah fell apart uh and so this uh this kind of frat boy type is referenced like see hey sarah oh, you yeah, ca- you yeah. catch another uh, you catch another dodgeball with your face
1: Okay, let's. I'm gonna go check on that table for seven for you, Sarah. Could you please get Sarah glares up at him and rips
2: the bag off her face and goes, "You should see the other guy."
1: And see, done. I'm done. Oh, I love Sarah.
0: (laughs) I will. I will protect Sarah from everything.
2: (sighs) Excellent. All These poor wage thefted children, uh-huh. yeah, they don't
1: deserve this,
0: you know. Valerie, we were talking about this a little on break, but it is not very hard to get enough for uh, using something like this to just like set up a whole novel.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. This is something where um, you could do a solo version of this and just play your way to not just a uh, lengthy history because again with the generation shift you get to decide what a generation constitutes yeah. and so for our purposes we decided it was a school year but you can make it literally a generation you can make it 10 years 20 years 30 years you can make it 100 years and then just you know spin out the ramifications of anything that you set up over time and introduce new variables and uh, it is really a cool a cool way of of world building and character building and plot building for your novel all meshed into one. Yep. If if we want, we can maybe just just do a generation just to enact it and show how that works. Yep.
0: Um okay. So, I've moved everything over to generation. So, we're going to talk again about how much time is passing. So, is this another school year?
1: Yeah, we're doing a school. Year okay.
0: Too. Would anyone like to go first?
1: No, but petition to call the place Flapjacks.
0: Flapjacks? <laughs> I'm just going to make a note of that. I was trying to figure out what the title of this was going to be. It's Flapjacks. <laughs> um, it was either that or the local 77.
1: Flapjacks, unionize. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm just adding an exclamation mark there to Flapjacks. Yes. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm putting this at the top. Okay, great.
1: Okay, so we're going to be doing a time skip in the same way that we started with a time skip. Um, We have decided that a generation is basically a school year. So we reach the end of another school year and we need to, it is the final generation of our session because we got to go. (laughs) Now we're going to be addressing the active index cards in the table. We cannot address all of them because there are quite a lot of them, but uh, I'm going to choose one of these and think about how it's changed. And we have a lot of really great options here. I am going to, I'm going to stick with my friends in the night shift. And so the night shift, I'm going to say that their shadow potluck has grown to somewhat mythical proportions. And so what was once a rotating schedule of somebody needs to bring something in for the shadow potluck on a certain day is now everybody brings something in for the shadow potluck every day, unless there's like leftover stuff that can be used the next day. But somebody is, uh, so now they have a, the keeper of the cooler. So when there are leftovers, they don't stash it in the cooler Because they're afraid that the managers are going to see them on camera and confiscate stuff. Oh, you know what? No, I'm just going to say, that is what happens. So they have a special part of the cooler where they keep the leftovers for the shadow potluck. The day shift steals something out of the shadow potluck. Everyone in the (laughs) night shift gets furious and they switch from just a regular box to basically a lockbox. The management... Secretly, was one of the people stealing stuff from this box, they get infuriated by the inability to steal stuff from the Shadow Potluck box, surreptitiously, and the box disappears. The night shift revolts. Where is their box? Where is their stuff? They paid for this out of their own meager salaries. They've been doing this for themselves as a treat, and now it is ruined because management sucks hate that for them
0: yeah that sounds about right i hate this for all of them um i think i have an idea for something but uh yori if you would like to go first please do so hmm
2: i'm going to come back to the raccoon family actually yes we have let the raccoon family live here for a while they all have names but they have different names (laughs) according to Day Shift and Night Shift. Day Shift has named them all after Steven Universe characters. Night Shift has named them all after Homestuck characters.
0: <laughs> Isn't that the Night Shift, Day Shift divide in a nutshell? <laughs> it's
2: the worst, but also
0: amazing.
2: And you know, normally it's not a problem. The feeding them has gotten a little bit out of hand and one of our front of house crew did in fact have to get a tetanus shot because Carcat pearl bit her when accepting a biscuit despite this no exterminators have been called the entire restaurant is against it management has tried to do something the one time an exterminator showed up front of house and back of house banded together to gaslight the exterminator. No, no. We've never had raccoons at back. I do think I saw a rat in the kitchen the other day, if you want to take a look at that. But there's never been raccoons here. I really don't know what you're talking about. Are you thinking about the cinema? I know the cinema's
1: got them. On shift manager locked in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah, it's got that big handle that only opens from the outside.
0: So, at some point, did, like, in this process, did the night shift folks move the shadow potluck cooler into the walk in freezer to draw the manager and then lock them in?
1: Yes. Date. Absolutely.
2: But yes, the raccoons continue to flourish.
0: Excellent. Um so I want to get back to the unionization thing but I think I, what I want to do is resolve the pastor investigation. And I think what mm-hmm. happens here is that we get a kind of investigate like teen investigator meet cute turns into a rom-com where Sally or actually I think JD is investigating on behalf of the staff you know, talking to talking to people who come through, uh, you know, customers and so on and so forth. And then uh, Sarah is I'm going to it here if it's okay, uh, Yori, uh, that Sarah is on mm-hmm. the school paper. Uh, yes. And so because they're both trying to be discreet, they end up uh, the both of them end up trying to break in to the pastor's office the same night because the pastor is away at a like an an all convention convention right like he's at a Southern Baptist convention thing, and so they they they're breaking in, discover one another, and then team up to investigate the embezzlement, which is the charges of embezzlement absolutely accurate. And they uncover some paperwork that shows that the pastor is basically funneling money to managers through the restaurant, in a like in a way that then also somehow ties him to like the the company that does like the cameras and the apps, and so the like small town corruption goes way deeper than was anticipated, uh, that was that anybody expected, and that. Um, Sarah and JD get themselves deeper and deeper into this, but also like the emotional intensity of it kind of leads to a burgeoning relationship between the two of them playing out over the course of this year. And then there's a big kind of the news breaks in the, in this, in the student paper gets stamped, gets tamped down and then manages to, you know, information, the same evidence manages to find its way to like an alternative paper in sun city where it's like, okay, only there is there enough like editorial independence for somebody to blow this wide open. It then does mean, however, a, a rush of like extra tourism to uh, Walnut Hills and kind of, brings in a lot more customers in a weird, nothing interesting happens in Walnut Hills, but now something has kind of a situation. So there's more of this flow back and forth between Sun City and Walnut Hills.
1: I will say it increases the number of journalists camping at tables and nursing coffee, which is simultaneously good because they're buying coffee, but bad because they're taking tables for longer. And management starts to institute a time crackdown on people that uh the journalists are very salty about and uh they start the trying 90 to, minute limit yeah they start trying to work around it wherever possible but it's hard
0: right you know it's like you, you pay for your coffee leave come back 20 minutes later order a slice of pie and a coffee and that's a different yeah. visit
1: exactly mm-hmm. and so it, it becomes a very ridiculous dance of of table stuff
0: do we want to go another time around? Pick something to finish up together, or question mark?
1: I want to do I, unionizing. So, yeah, not right. me personally, but I would like us to do unionizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I let us deal with union stuff
0: in in the spirit of. I don't action.
2: want to leave that plot thread unresolved.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so what do we think is like the the next big beat in this process for um, Unit Seventy Seven? Is this about the organizing committee? Like, Go ahead.
2: I think that because the vast majority of staff here is high schoolers, someone has to talk to their lawyer father about the rampant wage theft, the -the off-the-clock overtime, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I had to come in in early on Sunday morning to just chop for prep for about an hour before my shift started. Well, they made you clock in for that, right, honey? No, no, you never clock in for prep.
0: You You never clock in for prep.
2: And I think this starts spinning out into a convoluted mess of misinformation where management is trying to convince the kids that because they are underage, they don't have a legal right to unionize. So even if you did make a union, it would only apply to those of you who are already 18.
0: Right. And do you do they then also do the thing of like trying to offer special bennies to the people who aren't uh, unionizing? Mm -hmm. There's like another divide and conquer tactic.
2: Absolutely.
0: Right. So it's like, I guess that would be benefits for like like under 18 staff, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Preferential treatment with hours and stuff. Yeah. Flex time scheduling. I think the most divisive benefit offered is that underage staff, when they call out, no longer have to call to find their own replacements.
0: Oh yeah. That that's huge. Valerie, what do you think is the next big beat?
1: Because I think something has to happen. There has to be an event right? Um, some sort of, of catalyst situation. Again, we, we talked about the lawyer dad finding out about the shenaniganry. I think that, I think Ash maybe is finally the one who actually steps up to do this because he's tired of being a punching bag. He's he's literally a punching bag and he is immensely sick of it. And so he he is campaigning for basically like the more support from management in terms of getting rid of these problem people are getting them barred from being allowed to wander in and constantly pick fights with him. And he wants better pay because he has he's one of the people who uses the cleanup corner the most. And he's mm-hmm. tired of having to restock it um, because the sort of tacit rule of the cleanup corner is you use it, you refill it kind of deal. And so he, he is His tired. Insta
2: profile just says... I was a pacifist before I worked food service. I wish I could
1: be a pacifist again. Yeah. And, and he's just, he is so fed up. And so he starts looking into the unionization stuff that's happening in other stores. He starts talking to his fellow line cooks about it. And, um, and so that kind of spreads from the line cooks to the bussers, to the waiters, uh, to the front of house and just slowly but surely the revolution is fomented because they all deserve better than this, basically. Yeah. Um, and so they they get their stuff together. They they plan, they plot, they um, present their demands. Ash is fired. They stage a walkout in protest. And all of the underage people stay. They don't walk out. But They all end up having to take their breaks simultaneously because of labor laws and or I know you know what actually instead they don't go on break because the manager's freaking out and somebody alerted. OSHA or wherever whoever and they show up and realize that there's a massive labor law violation going on with all of these kids who have worked through their break when they're supposed to be taking breaks every so many hours it's mandated by law massive fines are doled out the regional manager shows up to try to calm everything down the situation deteriorates further and sure enough
0: they unionize hell yeah do we have any ideas for like epilogue bits or vignettes that we want to that we want to do after this i would say like probably sarah goes to sun city college for like j school
2: absolutely what does jd go for
0: good question
2: i think after he transfers to the state university he is going in for law that's why he did all that maneuvering to get himself moved into waiting tables all those tips he's been saving through the years are going to pay for law school because he learned how to invest on reddit and he has been playing stock market secretly on his phone this
1: whole time right
0: does like does ash kind of like become a union rep for for the for the yes
1: he wins a, a wrongful termination lawsuit but he doesn't want his job back. So he moves into a nonprofit and his, his new nonprofit job is to help educate people on how to unionize. Very cool. He keeps a little calendar on his desk that says days since the last
2: time I was punched. And every time he hits a new hundred on there, he goes out and gets himself a cupcake to celebrate. Yeah.
0: I love this for Ash. Okay. Okay. That's pretty great. Uh, any- and
1: all the managers are still working in the same spot because they all suck. And they deserve <laughs> to stay in that purgatory forever.
0: Right. Like maybe one of, the, one of the managers who moved into management from being like a line cook just quits during the unionization crackdown.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And at some point Sarah goes back to lord it over the manager who was mean to her that her life is so much better.
0: Uh huh, and that, I guess, is flapjacks. <laughs> I really like this. I'm I'm so glad that uh, that we took the chance to to play through this. This again was Grasping Nettles, written by Adam Bell, illustrated by Sasha Lee. We played the Down on the Farm Quick Nettle, which is also by Adam Bell. And you can get Grasping Nettles on itch.io, which is where I got it. And it's got, uh, I think there's an audiobook version as well, like um, for accessibility, which is fantastic. Not something I see very often for RPG books. So that is very cool. Thank you, Valerie and Iori, for hanging out and, and playing this with me. I love all of the shenanigans that we got these characters up to. And I would fight to to protect Sarah, as well as the all of the raccoons, whatever their names are. So now we should thank remind thank everyone- Thank
2: you for facilitating. This was excellent. Yeah, yes, Iori, uh,
0: where can folks find you and what of your stuff should they check out?
2: Well, if you enjoyed today's game specifically, you should probably go to Uncanny Magazine to read my hey, short story. Can I offer you a nice egg in this trying time? Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Iori Cusano. You can find me at com, And you can buy my
1: novella, Hybrid Heart from Neon Headlock.
0: All right. And Valerie.
1: You can find me at ValerieValdez.com. You can find my books in lots of random places, like online stores and physical stores. Oh my gosh. And you can find me on Twitch at The Kids Are Asleep, which is. Ostensibly when I stream, but unfortunately due to their aging, bedtimes
0: have changed. And are you doing like nano streams in this next month?
1: I'm going to be doing uh, an event called 100 Hours of Writing. So definitely during that event, if you feel like dropping into Twitch, uh, the website is net and... uh So 100 hours of writing. It is going to be a 100-hour-long Twitch raid train. So going from one Twitch to the next to the next to the next for 100 hours uh, of of sprints, co-working, writing, fun stuff. And uh, I will potentially also be doing some co-working sessions just all on my lonesome, so you can drop in for that.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. I am Mike Underwood. I have been the facilitator for this game. I'm one of the co-hosts of Speculate, along with... Uh, Brandon O'Brien and Gregory A. Wilson. We will be holding a our second annual fundraiser stream for Speculate on Saturday, November the 11th, starting at noon Eastern time. There is uh, By the time you hear or watch this, there will be a post up at patreon.com slash speculate with all of the details. But the short version is we're going to play legendary mecha first-person shooter game Titanfall 2, hot seat where we basically send each other our save files and switch who is playing and we're going to play that for like two and a half hours. Donations will add more time to our Titanfall clock. And then we're going to have a one-shot of Candela Obscura, Darrington Press's investigative horror game, in the middle there with Brand I'm going to be GMing Brandon and Gregor playing along with Valerie and Darcy Little Badger as the rest of our circle of investigators. And then uh, later in the day, we'll have more Titanfall. And during that event, we will reveal our new logo, which should be done by then. And we're going to share a, the world premiere of uh, a small clip of an upcoming actual play mini series that we are doing, which will then start to release after the fundraiser. So again, that's November 11th over at twitch.tv slash And, um, we're doing this to basically gather the funds to keep making the show and make improvements to it. So we hope to see you then. Uh, and until then, um, you can find the show at speculate sf on Twitter, speculate sf.bluesky.social over on bluesky, patreon.com slash speculate, and at speculatesf.com. And that is going to be all for us for tonight. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com.
2: Hi everyone, If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend ArvanEleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and